0: Welcome to the Thriving Forward podcast. Now to introduce your hosts. Hi, I'm Megan Laspinera. I'm the founder and executive director of Kids Thrive 585, Inc., and a pediatrician in Rochester, New York. And I'm Sarah Collins-McGowan. I'm also a pediatrician here in Rochester, and I teach community health and advocacy to pediatric residents. In each episode, we will speak with people involved in good works and projects in the greater Rochester area. We hope that by introducing you to these inspirational people and their stories, you will be motivated to learn more about these amazing organizations in our region and the fabulous people who keep them working. Today on the Thriving Forward podcast, we have Dr. Dave Topa. He's a board-certified pediatrician in private practice at Pittsburgh Pediatrics. Since completing his residency at University of Rochester, he has advocated for Monroe County to improve child protective services staffing and increase funds for programs that prevent child abuse. For these efforts, he was presented with a Special Achievement Award by the American Academy of Pediatrics in 2018. He is an active He is active in the local chapter of the American Academy of Pediatrics and teaches child advocacy skills to residents at Galisano Children's Hospital. He serves as the co-founder of Karaoke at the Corner, which is an annual fundraiser that has raised over $40,000 to benefit the Monroe YMCA, Teen Empowerment, and the Golisano Children's Hospital at Strong. Thanks for being on the show today, Dave.
1: Great to be here, Megan. Thank you.
0: All right. So we're going to start with an icebreaker. What is something that you're into lately?
1: It could be anything. Lately, you mean not other than driving kids around and taking them to and from swim lessons and things like that? Would you say that that provides you a lot of like personal joy or that, that that's know, just something it that you're doing does <laughs> it, We try to like either help out or coach a lot, so it actually is quite fun if you get more involved with that. but uh, other things, um, I don't know we're starting to work on some marketing. Uh, materials for the practice. So trying to learn the whole rebranding, uh, story branding, uh, marketing flow of things has been taking up some time, but a lot of times just looking at how the business world works can weigh in or can definitely open up my eyes to what we could be doing better um, for either the management of our practice or um, a lot of times i look at it from an advocacy bent as well. Like what can we do to take these Time honored or new techniques that are being used to get people to buy stuff and get people to really start doing the right thing. Maybe buy into their medical care a little more. Buy into their medical care, buy into taking care of kids. But so that's, uh, I, I've been spending some time on that and then just trying to exercise and do things like that.
0: Stay, yeah, trying to stay healthy. That's yes, very important. Trying to
1: stay healthy. You got to walk the walk, right? That's right. Yes. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, Tell us about the work that you do for advocacy locally. Talk about what does that look like for you um, besides the karaoke at the corner? You know, sort of what are the things that you're doing locally? Because I know you go to the county
1: meetings all the time. And So what um, I try to do is give, I guess, a voice to those individuals who are doing a lot of great work on the ground. Um, if anything, if I can be more of a maven or connector where if I know that one person's doing X and the other person's doing Y, but it's all for the accomplishment of Z, which is uh, for on uh, behalf of kids, then we should get those people working together. Uh, I think that um, one of the strengths in being out in private practice is that I get to meet a lot of people. Uh, I know which f- parents in my practice are nurses, which ones are Um, teachers, social workers, county legislators. I mean, there's a whole gamut of folks who come to my office every day. And having a practice like ours where I really get to know them well, I can figure out what the parents do and find out, start plugging the conversation of, well you know, are you aware of this or that? And they'll say, oh, yeah, I have this kid that came in and, you know, their family's going through the situation and it's horrible that we don't support them more in this or that. And it actually acts as a great opportunity to say, well, hey, we have shared ideals here and we should work together more. And then from there, I'll get a basically a listserv of folks that know me, trust me, and I know them. I don't tried to overwhelm their inbox with advocacy opportunities, but I think it provides a great opportunity to let them know what's going on within the halls of power or what other organizations are doing as well. So um, that's the kind of thing I like to do is bring people together more than anything else.
0: And why... Not only why pediatrics, but why this kind of advocacy? Why this sort of grassroots community advocacy? What is it about this?
1: I like politics. Uh, um, okay. <laughs> and if you talk about um, politics, all politics are local. And yes. I think a lot of people, number one, underestimate what effect local policies have on local children. And then uh, they also underestimate the effect that a well, well, not even a well-planned, but just getting a few of your friends together to contact local legislators can uh, do to help change the conversation. And it really doesn't take much to bend the needle locally, which makes it a lot of fun because as opposed to, say, on the statewide or national scene where you have individuals who, or you've got a lot of moneyed interests involved, locally, we're still a lot of retail politics here where you have your elected officials go on door to door every uh, election season, and they're really accessible, which makes them, I guess, more likely to listen to a small group of individuals who have really good points to make.
0: Well, and I think here, too, if they get a dozen phone calls about something, that is a swarm of public opinion.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's, n- that knowledge allows us to move forward and really try to enact some good local policies.
0: Is there a specific policy that you've helped to work on or a specific thing that you're working on right now that you feel like you want to
1: talk about? So the big things that are happening locally now, uh, it's mostly at the county level. We have to keep in mind that Monroe County is one of the biggest, if not the biggest, funders of children's programs in the area. And whether it's child protective services, whether it's insurance, so remember Medicaid goes through the county, um, other social services. Uh, daycare subsidies, early intervention subsidies all these monies that may come from the state or federal government actually come are routed through the county so the county does have a lot of power say sway over the policies that enact those uh, those funding streams. and so um, things that we've been working on lately have been uh, early intervention, making sure that kids who do have developmental delays uh, get the evaluation and services that they, Uh, are legally entitled to in a timely manner. Uh, That's been, that's over the past year, that's become more of an issue that we've uh, worked on. Um, And with that, it gets a little sticky because it also involves state-level advocacy. And so there's a lot of great work going on across the state as well. Um, But working locally, we've worked on that. Um, And then there's always the Child Protective Services, making sure that we're really funding and supporting the caseworkers there as well and making sure that the county follows through on some of the pledges that they've made to improve the services. And then um, in addition to that, uh, looking at daycare subsidies um, and then uh, the child visitation programs. And there's a lot of great work going across New York State um, in these fields or in these areas, but um, we're still waiting on some more trickle-down, I guess, to see, and maybe we can get some grassroots efforts to meet you know, start at the county level and then meet the state on some of those efforts that are going on. Do you have any advice
0: for somebody who wants to do this kind of advocacy or get involved sort of in local politics uh, in the Rochester area or anywhere?
1: I guess talk about things, Um, pay attention, get the paper. I always laugh. Everyone makes fun of me because I still get the paper version of the newspaper. But even though it's become um, thinner and thinner every day in terms of the amount of content. It's still, I can open up on my breakfast table there and with a quick glance, get an idea of what's going on. And that can give you a good idea what's happening locally because it's very easy to get stuck in your own silo in terms of what your news feeds are showing you. And just, you follow maybe a couple people that you agree with and are concerned with issue X or Y, but that you might miss the big picture as well. And so trying to maintain a broad idea of what's going on and really getting to know how politics work locally. Um, Every county, every city, it's really different. Um, It can be different from Monroe County to Onondaga County to Erie County. And so really getting an idea of who are the players and then trying to figure out which way your own social webs might interconnect. Um, can be helpful because um, you got to remember that a lot of these elected officials, they've got a lot of people to answer to. But if you've got a connection one way or another, it can be quite helpful. I think
0: it's that's one of those benefits to being in Rochester as well, that like small, big city feel where you may not know somebody directly, but you know somebody who knows somebody. Absolutely. Yeah.
1: And for better or for worse, so You really <laughs> right. have to be careful.
0: <laughs> Your reputation follows you. Well, either that
1: or you got to be careful when you're, say, if you feel really passionately about a – uh, position or policy, and you disagree passionately with wherever elected official might be pushing it, well, you just can't go trash the individual because eventually, I mean, you're going to come across someone who may know that person well, and, and um, it, it usually doesn't end well in that regard. Yeah. And keeping in mind, policies are not people. Exactly. Yeah. And that's the idea. I think we've gotten to a point where we've vilified a lot of individuals who may have different Policies than what um we would like, or have different insights as opposed to what we would like to see instituted at the public level, and um, but that doesn't mean they're bad people. Um, I tend to be fairly liberal, and I have a number of good friends who are fairly conservative, and it really makes for uh, a good time as long as you realize, hey, you're human, I'm human, we're all pink on the inside. That's one of the uh, something I can't remember when I heard that, but it's absolutely true. It was reinforced during. Um, our you know, anatomy sessions in medical school. Certainly. You open someone up, they all, they look the same, no matter, you know, what their uh, political leaning is, uh, race, um, country of origin. So it's, uh, try to keep that in mind.
0: Are there any specific organizations that you partner with regularly?
1: I really like the American Academy of Pediatrics. Um, I, we, uh, uh, the byline is, I think, for the health of all children. And it reminds us that we're not only responsible for those kids who are in the room, but also for those children who are out there in the community as well. And they have some great resources available, some great minds. And I think as pediatricians, we really have a great voice in that usually when we go to bat on any kind of public issue, very rarely are we advocating for ourselves. Um, Elected officials are very used to having rent-seeking behaviors, meaning while my company wants to get this contract for this service from the county, so therefore we are here to lobby you for it. And as pediatricians, most of the time when we go to le- elected officials, it has nothing to do with us, really. I mean, I'm not... When it comes to advocating for better vaccine policies, it's um, it really um, behooves us, perhaps, um, not to do so. I mean, in, in kind of a twisted way, vaccines good vaccines make our offices less busy. I mean, even some of the most recent ones like rotavirus, um, the pneumococcal vaccines, we don't see as many pneumonias, ear infections, or dehydrated kids in the office as we used to, which if you're running a business, having less people come through your door is really not a great business model. But we always advocate for these policies that Keep kids healthy and out of our office. And I think um, it sometimes blows the mind of some legislators and other people thinking, well, wait, you're advocating for something that may negatively affect your bottom line, but that's just how we work and how we operate. Um, my son has actually you know, compared pediatricians to the uh, public defenders of the medical world. <laughs> in that, you know, our job is to, um, number one, provide help provide services for folks who otherwise can't you know, maybe access them. And we work hard to do that. But also our job is to also keep the system in check and make sure that um, kids are not being lost or forgotten or hold people to account for the well-being of children. So, for people in the community that don't know what the American Academy of Pediatrics is or does, do you want to give a little uh, explanation? Yeah, so it's our national organization, just like how you have, um, local, you know, national teacher organizations, national chambers of, com- of uh, chambers of um, commerce, and so it's our national organization by which we all pay dues, and it serves as supports to help the pediatricians out, whether it's in terms of managing their practice, advocacy. Um, working with insurers. There's a number of uh, services that they do provide in their local chapter. It tends to be quite good.
0: Awesome. Thank you. I, I'm also a member of the American Academy yes. of Pediatrics. Um, so what is another community organization that you believe people should learn more about? Is there somebody out there you feel like not getting enough shine on them or you want to throw a shout out to?
1: Wow, it's uh, it's, it's really a tricky one because there's a lot of great work going on locally, right?
0: Yeah, feel free. You can um, say more than one if you if you feel yeah, like yeah. So, um, you
1: know, there's some of the work that's going on through uh, Children's Institute in terms of trying to do um what's called the whole child connection, meaning how do we educate individuals who work with children about things like traumatic experiences, um, and uh the whole uh, and child development in general. Because I think too many uh, adults in the world in general don't realize that kids just aren't small adults. They actually have their own developmental needs and their own nuances. And w- you can't really provide great services to children and look out for them unless you understand it from a developmental perspective. And so they're behind an effort to make sure that individuals who work with children are t- t- duly trained to do so and know, okay. Um, this is how adverse childhood experiences can affect kids. And this is how child development works. And this is how you can work with kids to uh, achieve better outcomes. Because, you know, there's so many systems that um, kids come into contact with that unless, uh, that unless we're doing a good job of training each of the individuals in those systems, um, there's a possibility that even though people are trying to help kids, that they may actually be doing more harm. Other ones, um, let's see here. Uh, I like uh, uh, Teen Empowerment has got a place close to my heart. Uh, more so just uh, I know Doug in the group and Sean and Jen Jennifer who are over there and the work that they do, Boots on the Ground, is really important Yeah, in terms of working with kids. Um, the Some of the work that the medical center does in terms of the Department of Pediatrics, their uh, child advocacy and resident education Um uh, pol- or organization there in terms of teaching the residents how to advocate is very important, and the some of the relationships they've established with the community have been very important and very impressive. Um, Kids Thrive Five Eight Five. Thank you. I really like a lot. So, <laughs> Thank you so much. Um, and uh, it serves as a great uh, organization where we can send families to help learn. Okay, I've got problem X, and I can go to this um, to this organization to or the service agency to help uh, solve the problem.
0: All right. So just a couple closing questions. What is your favorite thing about Rochester?
1: I'm not from Rochester. So I, it, I think um, I, as not being a native, I probably appreciate it for a lot more than when it truly, over than they do. And so, um, you know, I've lived in Pittsburgh and in Cleveland, mostly sometime in Dayton, Ohio. And uh, I love the size of Rochester in that. Um, yes, we do have some major problems, but you can still wrap your brain around them. Um, uh, and the organizations that are here have uh, are steeped in history of helping with um, helping to, I guess, improve public support for various issues, especially on the pediatric side of things. Um, and then there's just a lot of great things to do around here. I mean, it's, and it's easy to get to. I mean, I, I think that the less time I spend in my cars, the more time I have to either get stuff done at work, get stuff done in the advocacy world, enjoy my family, uh, maybe even exercise, take care of myself every once in a while. And so, uh, it really allows for a great quality of life and, I realize locally, um, you hear a lot of people complain about the taxes, and um, I can understand that, but I think they also underestimate what kind of services they get for those taxes as well. And so, you know, whenever I travel anywhere, I kind of pay attention to what the school situations are and what the condition of the roads are. And generally, and all things considered, we have it really good here.
0: Well. And- I've experienced in my pediatrics practice, you may have had a similar situation where you have somebody move here from out of state who was having a hard time getting into services and they're really floored at what is
1: available locally. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I could not imagine practicing medicine in or pediatrics especially in some of these states where uh, there's not great social supports for families or for children with disabilities and that increases the onus on the pediatrician to be your own social worker. Which we're not trained to do, but um, it's it's easier to do here than it is in other places, and so we're really we are resource rich to a certain degree. We just have to get better at connecting people to those resources and making sure that there's adequate public support of those resources as well. Because unless we're working in the private or in the public realm, we're really not. um, You can't expect the private sector to step up and do their charitable good. effectively I guess
0: yeah I think I think that's a great point I think you know being able to help the private sector know where its funds are going to be best spent and advocating for that is also something that we can definitely do
1: oh absolutely as pediatricians I think we we appreciate how um, how studies work and how evidence works and trying to focus on evidence-based um, interventions is very important because a dollar that you're spending on something that's been proven not to work or do harm is one less dollar that you can use to help kids in a way that's evidence-based. But I think, um, one of the pitfalls we fall, that we run into, I think as physicians is that we expect that, okay, we see the evidence. Why doesn't everyone else? Right? Sure. And so we've read I the studies, should, we've-, we've read the studies. And so therefore, you know, I should be able to just go into, uh, any kind of public, um, governmental institution and say, hey, this is what the studies say. And they are just gonna nod their hands, oh yeah, you know what, those studies are right. We should do that. And unfortunately, I don't know if we focus enough on the political side of things in terms of making sure that we use that knowledge to actually drum up popular support for these policies that are um evidence-based. And and I think um that's where I a lot of the work I like to do comes in is really making sure that we've got evidence, but unless you get public support for it and people are willing to call their legis- their elected officials to do that, well, then we're really not, you know, I don't know if we'll be effective or as effective as we could be. And as physicians, I mean, we really, I mean, people come to us every day. I mean, I get asked, what butt cream should I use? What's the best, you know, color vegetable to start your infant on when they start feeding. And so, you know, these are people who respect our opinions about things that um, are maybe even less serious than a lot of the things that we have strong opinions about in the terms of public policies. And so I think we should really give ourselves credit for the trust that parents place in us for our knowledge and feel free to step out and say, well, in addition, what's great for kids is good daycare, or maybe school start times that are not at 7 a.m. I mean, there's a whole bunch of information that we have beyond butt cream and and uh, child feeding practices that really can help um, improve the health of children. Is there a political run in your future? I don't know. <laughs> Perhaps. I mean, it's, you know, it's one of those things where I, I, I try to Make sure that my kids won't become someone else's problems. Really, you know, and so, sure. and, and then I think as they start to fly the nest and fly from the nest, perhaps then. But uh, it it it's something I've considered, but not at this point.
0: All right. Is there an online forum where people can like sign up for your mailing list or learn more about you, or where should we direct people to?
1: To I've got a Twitter account that um, all right it's at Topa MD, and so through that um, I try to pick out things that are of interest, especially locally, and um, I'm just double checking to make sure that I am (laughs) am at TopaMD, because I guess I don't, there's no reason to really reference myself in my tweets, but uh, there there I try to forward on any good information that I find, Um, and then uh, if someone wants to be included on any information that I have, they can just, uh, they can just direct message me through Twitter and and then I can make sure they get placed on my list. But there's, yeah, there's no major, like I don't have my own website or it's a lot of just Rochester word of mouth and the pressing of the flesh, learning, learning people's names and really just uh, relying upon those personal uh, relationships to push things forward. I think uh, you can underestimate how much power that does have, uh, especially if you have a practice with say, Twelve to 1,500 kids in it, you know, maybe 500 families. I mean, that's, you can really, um, you know, if you find just a handful of individuals who are motivated within that group, you can really make a uh, big difference.
0: Awesome. Thank you so much for being on the podcast today. This has been a lot of fun. Oh, good. All right. I'll see you soon. Sounds good. Bye. Bye. I had a great time talking with Dr. Dave Topa on the podcast today. After we met up, he wanted me to make sure that I communicated with everybody that when he talks about we, he is definitely referring to the close work that he does with the children's agenda. He really supports their work in promoting evidence-based solutions to the problems that plague children and that they have been instrumental in local child advocacy efforts That have been successful. So if you want more information, their website is thechildrensagenda.org and their mission is to advocate for effective policies and drive evidence-based solutions for health, education, and success of children. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Thriving Forward podcast. This podcast was brought to you by Kids Thrive 585 Inc., the Huckelman Center at the University of Rochester, and Rochester Regional Health. To learn more about today's guest, head over to Kidsthrive585.org and click on the podcast link. See you next time. The views, information, and opinions expressed on this podcast are solely those of the individuals involved and do not necessarily represent those of their employers or funders.